This is like so incredibly off topic. No, it's great. This is all great. This is all good stuff that we're not going to cut. Yeah. <laughs> Previously on Watch and Talk. It's just kind of odd that they, I guess, intended for Josh to be sort of like a sex symbol. Fish. Sharks are fish. Oh, wow. By the way, I say, by the way. This pie is flying around, flopping up you against the edges. you got to crumble now. Yeah. you got to crumble. Which is fine. And if you didn't have a watch, which I don't because watches are gross and they make your hands smell funny. What? Hi, and welcome back. Uh, this is episode oh. 21 of Watch and Talk. This week, we watched an episode called Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics. Doesn't that sound like a line that Bartlett would say? It's, lies, damn lies. It's supposedly popularized by Mark Twain. It's one of those like Mark Twain quotes. It's not actually by Mark Twain. Oh. Um, but he did like he quoted somebody else, Benjamin Disraeli, the British prime minister. Lies and damn lies seem like kind of the same thing. That seems like there's just kind of two kind of lies. Oh, yeah. So it's part of a sentence. It is. There are three kinds of lies. Lies, damned lies and statistics. Like, in, in order of how, like, egregious a lie it is. Got it. Maybe. That's what the joke is. Right. And this episode's all about polling. So the joke is that statistic is the worst type of lie. Yeah. There's a regular lie. There's a lie that, uh, which is preceded by some sort of a heretical Like an unholy term. lie. Yes. An, 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 an anti-God lie. And then there's the statistical kind of lie. Right. So of all the lies... The statistical type, that's that's a bad lie. Before we get into it, yeah, so we <clears throat> had, I think we have some follow-up. Yes, we did. So last week, um, we talked a lot about Kenny and Joey and their relationship as his as the interpreter and interpretee um, with sign language, and we had some listener feedback, which was really insightful. Um, our listener, Andrew, said that he's hired uh, interpreters before, and he says that Professional interpreters have a code of ethics that requires them to interpret anything their client says, and um, any hint of editing sort of ruins uh, the whole basis of being a trusted interpreter, and that nobody holds a, an interpreter responsible for what their client is saying. So it's kind of like a free pass to say anything. Now, we appreciate the feedback, but it's kind of a humble brag, right? Like, oh, uh, I've hired interpreters before. Like, we get it. You're important, Andrew. Like, we really appreciate it. Yeah, so the, there's a previously on with Charlie reading it. Uh, a lot going on in this one. Very uh, CJ heavy. CJ is a heavy episode, too. There's a lot, There's an FEC callback. There's some Lori callback. And there's some Mandy uh, leaked memo callback. And we get follow up on all that in this episode. So it starts off and it's poll time. They're going to put a poll out into the field. It's going to take uh, 48 hours to, to do. So that kind of sets up the timeline for the episode. Josh has a ongoing gag in the scene that gets started with his watch being behind. My watch says 10 to 7. That's because your watch sucks. My watch is fine. Your watch says 10 to 7. How do we know it isn't 10 to 7? Because those large clocks on the wall that are run by the U.S. Navy say your watch sucks. In fact, they say your watch sucks in four different time zones. Uh, the showrunner understands that watches are garbage. <laughs> and this is a... The uh, ongoing debate here on this yeah, podcast. So we, no, we've, we've been over this before. This is not the first time it's come up, come up in the television program. They understand. I understand. Watches are for garbage people. They don't work. And they're unnecessary. I'd like to say I'm wearing a working 
watch wow. right now. It <clears> works. Garbage. Was this during a time period where cell phones had clocks on them? They had beepers. They have cell phones, though. Yeah. But beepers had point. the time. But beepers had to be set the same way back then. They didn't like get their time from the cell oh, towers yeah. like they do now. Yeah, so Toby and Dark CJ days. are arguing over the wording of a question that they're going to put onto the poll. Question six is asymmetrical. Question six is fine. Would you say things in this country are going in the right direction, or do you think they've gotten off on the wrong track? Toby. Direction and track are two different words. Thank you, Funkin' Wagnalls. What you call me? I thought it was interesting that CJ says the error produces correct results in the end. That's just like an a interesting quirk of the polling thing. It's like you can say two contradictory things, but people kind of know how to answer it to give you reliable results to judge a certain thing. But see, I don't know how they could ever know that unless yeah, they, they tried the other this? form and found that it got different results and then found some sort of like neutral arbitrator. But the only way you could do that is with like a referendum vote. Okay, Funkin' Wagnalls. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look that up. <laughs> <clears throat> they make dictionaries. Yeah, on the polling thing, uh, it feels like one of those things, uh, we get this in programming quite a bit, where it, the thing works, so don't touch it. Well, I think maybe the the real reason to keep the question the same is so that you could measure it against that question being asked in other previous polls and, and get an objective delta. Yeah, that makes delta. sense, too. Yeah. There's that's, a lot of nuance. There's It's an art more than a science a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, that's why statistics are worse than damn lies. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> They talk about the use of the word average to describe people and whether that's a pejorative or not. Don't we call them everyday Americans now? Oh, sure. Folks. Joe's yeah. six pack. <laughs> you think everyday Americans have six packs? They definitely of do. Beer. 12 packs, 24 packs. <laughs> I was referring to the abs. Oh, no, no. The beer. Yeah. They have the beer. Um, do, we, do we consider ourselves average? Okay, let's go around the table. Jason, are yeah, you average? 100%. Average American. 100%. You're a liar. No. <laughs> and do you, is that a good thing to you? Do you want to be average? Not really. Okay. Elise, are you average? No. And is that bad? No. I'm, I'm not average and I want to be average. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you want to be average? Like an average American. Like that's something that would be appealing to me. Like I see that. That's what a, makes you an average American that you want to be average. No, but I'm not. I'm not. What? I'm, I'm a coastal elite. What, char- <laughs> what characteristics I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> are appealing to you about being an average American? I just want, I've always like wanted to just fit in. <laughs> I just I would never fit in because I always wanted to. Yeah. Oh, let's do another quick poll. Jason, would you respond to a phone poll? Um, I would never receive one. Eric, would you respond to a phone poll? Yeah, wouldn't even answer. Elise, would you respond to a phone poll? Absolutely not. And nor would I. So polls are clearly biased toward very lonely people well, but who not, have nothing not better to do. And, and, uh, a lot of them are landline only. Right, One exactly. of the things they said was, like, American families are sitting down to dinner right now. So I thought that was really inconsiderate to call them during dinner. Like, yeah, family time yeah. is sacred. Wow. But who would ever answer? Like, would you answer the phone during dinner? I think there may have been some sort of rule at some point in my house Maybe it lasted like a week where you were not allowed to answer the phone. Right, like back dinner. in the day when you would like eat dinner with your family and everyone <laughs> would come together and it was like, <laughs> like it was like, there was like this close. And you guys would answer the phones together? Yeah. I would never answer a phone call for any reason yeah. that I didn't know the number of. Mm-hmm. Wait, now or? Now. But as a child? Oh. 
talking Even to strangers. Even when I no got thanks. caller ID for the first time, like remember when it was a separate device? Oh my god! Like that you had to plug into your phone and you had to pay a subscription service for. Wow, humble brag. Yeah, <laughs> this was like the fr- one of the first caller IDs. Even when I had that, like I still answered the phone. And I didn't know the number. Because I really liked getting phone calls. You, you really live on the edge. There's no reason to call someone. Hey, take care of your girl, bro. I called <laughs> Brayden today. Everybody's got problems about the poll, but CJ says they need to get it out there because of the aforementioned dinner time coming up. She really takes charge in this meeting, starts a precedent for this whole episode where she's kind of taking control of the operations of the White House. Ed uh, and Larry are there. Ed and Larry are there. They have some opinions about poll questions. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who say it will be said as, like, yourself instead of me. When we ask that question, we usually say people like yourself. Or people like you. We've seen it both ways. Follow us. Point is... The respondent isn't confused by the question, and separating the respondent from the interviewer with people like yourself is pejorative. She says that she's the expert on the language in polling since 1993, so I assume that means a political science degree. Yeah, I was confused by this because she used to do entertainment marketing. Yeah, but political science degree is one of those, like, people get it and then go do whatever type mm, thing. Does she have, did she say she has a poli-sci degree? That's good. If you're a certified expert in the language of polling, I feel like. Self-certified. self yeah. Trump you. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. What other, what other uh, degree would have you be doing that? So that's a good little backstory on cj there but then leo goes around the room asks for everybody's guesses like the over under on what the poll results are going to be everybody says even or slightly down except for the siege um she bets plus five um i want to give a shout out to another podcast about betting on election markets (laughs) um david reese's election profit makers where you can follow along and bet on predictit.org it's a very funny show so then they give a call that the poll should start and they call Sam and Mandy who are at the polling center and they kind of have like a, a pull a siren and everybody starts running around. And then that's the credits as the polling starts. So they come back from the credits. It's three hours into the poll and there's a quick scene with Sam and Ginger. They're talking about how the logistics of the poll works. They're trying to get 1500 responses with a 25% success rate. So they have to call 6,000 people over 48 hours. That sounds like a nightmare to call that many people. I don't even like to call one people. Yeah, never. Um, And then Sam talks to Toby. They have a talk that Lori is graduating from law school. And Sam... Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, congratulations, counselor. That's great. Um, Sam wants to go to Lori's graduation, but Toby says no. That he cannot go because it's going to look bad. And Steve Honorado, the guy from the past couple episodes, is on to him and is trying to catch him. So they can't be seen together. And uh, Sam eventually agrees. But first he wants to argue about the semantics. They know who this girl is. They know she's graduating law school tomorrow. They know someplace you're likely to be. Maybe they want to snap a picture. Maybe. Lori. What? You called her this girl. Just like the call girl hooker thing. He's like, very specific about my, that. Growing up, my dad can, could never remember the name of any of my friends, so he would say that girl all the time. Like that television program. It was a show. Okay, There sure. was a girl in it. But it's not such a bad thing if someone can't remember someone's name. But hes I think maybe he's implying that Toby is, knows her name but is not going to use it. Yeah, he's uh, dehumanizing her. 
Yeah. Um, and Sam kind of guilt trips Toby a little bit on his way out, but eventually he gives in and says, I know I can't go. Um, there's a Leo and Margaret scene after that. It, this is the start of a really great scene. Um, <laughs> Margaret comes in, says that somebody is here to see Leo, and he says to wait kind of for theatrics. Margaret gets really, really uncomfortable because she can't stand still for 30 seconds. <laughs> she doesn't know how to wait. Yeah. Uh, but eventually she brings in um, Barry Haskell, who's a recognizable guy, but I don't know from what. I thought he was one guy, but then he wasn't. He was another guy. Right. Yeah. He's he's another guy. There's something kind of like Rick Moranis-y about him. Yeah. He's, he's really meek and quiet and yeah. mousy in a way. Yeah. Um, and he probably shrunk someone's kids <laughs> at some point in his life. The kid shrinker. One can assume. Yeah. Leo starts in on the intimidation of this guy. He's a, he's an FEC commissioner. Could I possibly have a glass of fruit juice? Are you thirsty? I'll be perfectly honest, Mr. McGarry. This is the first time I've been called to the office of the White House Chief of Staff. You're a little nervous. You know you walk past a dress Marine when you come in here. Rodney. No, you mean Rodney? <laughs> then he brings Rodney in. <laughs> Rodney's great. And Rodney does the um, that gun dance hey, thing. Hey, do the, do the gun thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually what Leo calls it. Um, I looked this up. It's called United States Marine Corps Silent Drill Platoon. With all due respect, it looks like shit. I know. It looks like a garbage dance. It looks like you're like about to drop your gun. Yeah. It's the it's the a kind lot. of thing Completely I I realized this watching the videos because I watched it in the West Wing. I'm like that. Look, like I feel like I could do that and just like nobody could tell because it looks kind of random. Yeah. But then when you watch, I believe it, you. No, when you, you watch could. like 35 guys do the exact same thing in sequence with each other, it takes on a way more intimidating form because it's obviously very organized he needed like at least three guards outside his door then so he could yeah, really that would have been better intimidate properly oh have you, oh you mean the rodneys <laughs> like all all sorts of military hands. dress displays are supposed to be intimidating right that's like the reason you do them it's not for style and flair no it, like, it's like to show how well if you trained add some show tunes over yeah. that, you get a musical. Like, that's not intimidating. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I don't understand the correlation between a skill in shooting and killing in war and, like, baton twirling with a gun. You mean the dance? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... Re- like, why is it actually intimidating? Is it... No. Well, because he says know. at the end that he's like, oh, and that gun was loaded, too. So it's like a guy, like, swinging a barrel at a, of a gun in your face. Yeah, and you should see him do the ribbon dance. <laughs> So Leo, the reason he brought this guy here, and then he's given him the the full show, is that Barry, Barry, you want to ban soft money? You're one of us. You've been outed. Leo somehow found two quotes from him that were background quotes to some art, like invest, like in some articles. There was some anonymous quote, and they figured out it was him. As a newspaper person, does that make any sense, Braden? I mean, he'd, uh, he'd have to have spoken with the, the with reporters, the original reporters, and somehow gotten that information. I don't know how. Like, yeah, it how seems would he even know really where to go in the first place? I mean, give, you... give me every newspaper quote anybody has ever said being pro campaign yeah. finance reform, and let's see if any of these three people said well, them. Well, it could be that that was like his hometown, and maybe later on he gave non-anonymous interviews and. Then they could piece it together, but they don't really give us that information. No, they don't. No. Or Ed and Larry were like, that's what they were doing for 72 hours straight, was looking through all of the comments and all of the newspapers yeah. to find it. it this is pre-Google, too. Yeah, it could have been the guy that gave him the names last week. <laughs> Maybe 
He's just oh, gotta... that's true. Yeah, he does have like a omniscient deep throat. So I thought that was kind of odd. But anyways, uh, Leo's on to this guy, and this guy is on to Leo. He uh, he tells him that his wife warned him <laughs> and all of her friends that he would use the trappings of the White House. And this when he is says such the trap, wonderful scene. When he says the trappings of the White House, he points to a painting on the wall <laughs> as if like that's intimidating. <laughs> but um paintings can be very intimidating especially when the eyes follow you it's almost like a country like yeah a, no it's like a beautiful landscape but so i the weird thing was like like my my wife and her friends like does that mean he doesn't have any friends not, i don't think what so what do you think his wife does for a living she's the reporter that had that anonymous source <laughs> lawyer maybe yeah i was, she must be savvy yeah her and her friends to say those things. I mean, he's an FEC commissioner. That's not like a nothing gig. Yeah. That's like much of a loser as they portray him as. He says that he's not going to be intimidated, but he is very thirsty. He keeps asking for water. He has for fruit juice. Fruit juice, for, actually. Yeah. Can I get any fruit juice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Or then later he asks for water. And Leo's like, oh, yeah, come in here. Um, he. This is where we keep the water. Yeah. The Oval Office. Yeah. And, and then, the three most powerful men in the country. It is the Treasury Secretary, the Attorney General, and the Director of the CIA. And they're all sitting around drinking low balls and yucking it up. <laughs> Mr. President, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Not at all. We're just having a nightcap. Why did you come in here? And as he's getting introduced, um, Barry, the new guy, comes in and he wipes his hand on his jacket first before he shakes any other hands. I would also do that yeah, as a person with clammy hands. He yeah. also walks I, I can over relate. to the back of a chair hides behind the back of the chair, <laughs> rests his hands on the back of the chair, and then sort of like from that position extends his hand up to <laughs> handshake everyone's hand, which I thought was very well acted. So I, I just love this whole scene of this guy being incredibly intimidated by... He's exactly right. He called it. Yeah, Leo was intimidating. It's him. wonderful. Leo sets it up, and then the president just knocks it down. Yeah, and Leo's like, oh, these guys will take good care of you, and he leaves, and the president flags him down really quickly. Um, They talk about the polls for a minute, and then he asks like, if the staff uh, had any guesses, and he tells them about it. Importantly, he leaves off CJ, which becomes a plot point later, but then he says, if this doesn't go well, I'm just the guy with Barry Haskell in my office, (laughs) which I love too. (laughs) Poor Barry. But he's already a a punchline. That's the end of that scene. Uh, Good stuff. Uh, the next scene is Lori in the library. She's with her friend Janine, right? Janine? Yeah, Janine. Okay. And We learn. They, they, they learn, yes. Yeah, they seem, an, they seem very friendly. They seem very friendly uh, at first. Uh, she's kind of mocking her for like, oh, you're graduating tomorrow. Why are you studying? Uh, it's for the bar. Um, she gets a cell phone call from Sam. Pretty rude. To yeah, have your cell phone not on vibrate. Five rings to answer God, is that me? That's me. See the advantages of being a waitress? You don't take the bar exam? That's right. You're not going to be a waitress forever. Answer your phone. Hello? Yeah, in no the rush. Library. In the library. But this people. is back in the era where, like, you answer your phone no matter what. Yeah, just keep it on silent. Having dinner with your family, you answer the phone. That's fine, but buzz. What if she was getting a poll? Buzz. Yeah, just put it on silent. Answer it, but just put it on silent. In the library, Jason, you're you, defending this yeah. behavior? It is the really? law library. I mean, if you don't yeah. have a good attention span That's at that point law. in your academic the, the career. The day before like, the, the law school graduation. Right. Um, Sam calls and says, you up? 
she <laughs> she up um he tells her he can't go to the graduation the next day and she's sad and her friend comforts her about it so in this conversation she calls him baby really it's okay no it's not okay I didn't catch that. She said, like, baby, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's in the subtitles. And we were like, wait, does she actually say baby? And we rewound it, and you can hear her say baby. Hmm. Yeah, she calls him baby. So are they dating? It's, like, actually? Because I Kinda. thought something was going on between Mallory and Sam. Right. Is he two-timing? No, remember we uh, theorized that Mallory broke his heart because of his little oh, speech last week? Oh, right. I guess he went back to Lori after that. But there, it seems like they've been kind of seeing each other for a while. The way she's sort of disappointed, and then I thought, is he jeeping on both of them? Maybe jeeping. Yeah. The next uh, scene is in the communications office. It's Sam and Toby. Toby found a country for a thing. It's the Federated States of Micronesia. We have no idea what the what it's for. Um, they just keep talking around it and. But he found a country. Uh, there's a little bit about whether it's a real country or not. I assume it I is. I think it is. I didn't look it up. Yeah. But sounds right. Sounds country-ish. Island of Yap. <laughs> Yap? They kept saying that. Yeah. The president uh, knows a lot about Micronesia. Right. He's great at parties. They're very uh, excited that they found this out. And they're going to go tell the president. Um, they cut to the Oval Office. CJ and the president are walking into the office. They're discussing the communication strategy for the drug reform stuff um all the media they've been doing there's a memo that they talk around there's they do this a lot on the west wing where they they talk like did you find a country and like they don't explain what the country's for there's this memo they don't explain what it's for it's just there because like they have to create intrigue where there would otherwise be none right i mean it kind of makes sense but (laughs) when i was watching it i'm like did i miss something (laughs) the president talks about the poll again to cj she brings up that she uh, thinks they're going to go up. She's got something to say about it. So she gets her piece in. They talk about the country. This is where the president drops like the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article for <laughs> the Federated States of Micronesia. It's actually 607 small islands in the South Pacific. Interestingly, while its total land mass is only 270 square miles, it occupies more than a million square miles of the Pacific Ocean. Population's 127,000, and the U.S. Embassy is located in the state of Ponape, and not, as many people believe, on the island of Yap. Then they lay out kind of what this is for. Uh, they want to free up a, an ambassadorship, so but they need to shuffle some jobs around to do it. Um, they are going to promote the ambassador of the Federated States of Micronesia to the, be the ambassador to Denmark. Is That's that- a step up. Are those play jobs just like interchangeable? Don't you want somebody that has like some relation to the government of Denmark? No, no. Like, do you supposedly don't want it? You don't. It all I mean, mostly would it help? It, it doesn't matter. They, like, you'll be briefed by your staff on what you need. I mean, U.S. embassies in different countries have staffers that are there, and and it's their job to actually care about what's going on locally. And then you're just a figurehead. That's mostly being bribed by whoever appointed you and conveying high level messages when you need to i assume i mean even then you rely on your staff i mean the ambassadorships are notoriously things you give to people as a political favor right uh, do you know how i could get into this line of work yeah. or get that or no rich people okay do you know the other day i was know? uh trying to find a parking spot and i was like man i really want diplomatic immunity right yeah. now like in that film so if anyone knows of like four 
diplomat positions that we could fill. We're really I think open actually to I was gonna, it. I was going to take the first one. Oh, you don't want to do yeah, well, it? Like you're going to leave the band? Well, I just... I, no, I mean, I th- I said first that how, I would How like... much money have you given to the Clinton Global Initiative? Because <laughs> that might increase the skids a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... None. I don't give money. Just for the record. Yeah, they're talking about their freeing up job. The president has a pretty funny little quip. You're not going to fire the ambassador. You're going to promote him. To what? Ambassador to Paraguay. And what happens to the ambassador to Paraguay? You make him ambassador to Bulgaria. I like this, because if everybody keeps moving up one, then I get to go home. They're not moving all the way up. They're going to fire the Denmark ambassador. It's this guy, Ken Cochran. President Bartlett is friends with his wife, it comes out. And they think they can fire him because he is having an affair with the daughter of the prime minister. Now, it seems like Charlie knows this fellow. Is that Ken Cochran, Mr. President? Yeah. Okay. What? I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, it seems to me as if Charlie knows the guy. Yeah, the president asked Charlie to, like, summon him from Denmark by tomorrow. Um, So we'll see that later in the episode on the next day. Um, they show Josh and Joey. She's still working out of the White House to do this polling thing from last week. Um, Josh seems to just want to have an argument for argument's sake. This scene is so stressful to watch because I just feel for Kenny. Like, his job seems very, very high anxiety at this point. He also seems to like it, though. Like, he's good. He's smiling. Yeah. He gets into it. He's very chipper. He's so good at his job. Yeah. He needs a promotion. Yeah. I hope Joey promotes him. Yeah, Joey says to stop yelling to Josh. Mm -hmm. um, And then Josh has a kind of funny joke. Like, how do you know that I'm yelling? She just is like, I guessed. (laughs) I, I realize that, like, basically every scene with Joey Lucas, there's a deaf joke of some sort. There's so many good they're ones. They're really subtle, yeah. but they're like actually pretty funny and like tasteful. They're not like making fun of her. It's just Well, usually she's the one making I think the joke a lot of the time. Or there's right? usually some type of uh miscommunication or something going on. Mm-hmm. There's a one later in the episode that's kinda of funny too. Donna comes in, she makes some more jokes about Josh's watch being off, talks about how she wants to go to Hawaii. This is a pretty light Donna episode. She doesn't get to do much this one. They go into Josh's office and start watching CJ's press conference, which they cut to. CJ's great in the press conference. She's selling the drugs initiative really She's selling thoroughly. Drugs. <laughs> Danny asks a question that's kind of uh, provocative. A bad question. Is the White House making a crusade on defending the rights of drug users? Oh, please. Katie, you had a question. Do you have Hang any? Yeah, CJ. I was asking. The White House is committed. He comes backstage afterwards, and um, they have... I think it's not actually a bad question. He explains himself that it's he thought she wasn't explaining that point properly and that it would be something that people would argue, like hit them for afterwards. So he asked it in the room so that she would explicitly address it. He was trying to like tailor her like yeah. little rant. So I thought that was kind of clever on his part because he's like, I'm trying to help here. Well, she did shut him down well. Right, and she, she like she gave a very nice answer to that mm-hmm. about how ridiculous it but is. But it seemed like that was his right. That was his plan: is that she would give that an answer like that. Right, he said he knew it was a yeah. silly question, but she wasn't thoroughly explaining. Right. That then they they have a nice little makeup bit about the Mandy memo. I thought they seem to be over that now. She starts like confiding in him that like people are mad at me about it, and 
And they're blaming her, and she knows it, even though they're not saying it. She does. She's very vulnerable. Yeah. She exposes herself. And that kind of explains... Emotionally. CJ's <laughs> behavior this whole episode, sort of, where she's kind of on the, the, the defensive of it. There's another Leo and Margaret scene next. Um, Margaret just comes into the office, and she has a joke. You know why they only eat one egg for breakfast in France? Why? Because in France, one egg is enough. It's a pretty good one. Although I got to say, Margaret, save it for the headlines. Yeah. I know. I wrote in my notes, Margaret should be writing headlines with us. <laughs> it's a good. It's a pretty good joke if you speak French. That's it's, like the... It's the a, everybody knows that word. I didn't know that word. No. Oof. I mean, I I figured it through context clues. Yeah. It's a nice joke, too, because the punchline is also like your cringing reaction. Yes. It gives you like a beat for that to cringe. Yeah. And Leo cringes as well. He's not particularly amused. He I looks don't believe very he speaks French. CJ comes into the office and she has some pretense for why she's in the room. But what she's really there for is to bring up that Leo didn't mention her prediction to the president. Which, in Leo's defense, the president did say, what did the guys say about the poll? Did the guys make any predictions? <laughs> wow. When he asked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so my second walkthrough. Uh-huh. So maybe Leo is just taking him literally there. I don't like Leo's response to this because you can tell he's trying to be like, stop reading into it, you crazy person. Yeah. Without saying that. I mean, I thought he could have just said... I didn't want to get the president's hopes up. If he yeah. would have heard that, he would have been upset. And so I'm just trying to like That's manage his too. expectations. Yeah. But he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, stop thinking. Yeah. Stop thinking. And it's just like, dude, just handle this a little better. Right. But at the same time, it's obvious why. Why? If you're secure in yourself, it's obvious why he didn't say it to the president. Wow, like so a- you're calling the siege insecure? Yes. It's yeah, like a, she, is. she is. She admits that she's insecure yeah. about her access and sort of the way the president views her. But that's what's going on here because it's obvious that he didn't say it to the president for those reasons that Eric mentioned. And just because it was like an outlier, pie in the sky, overly optimistic prediction. But she said it with such conviction. But yeah, but she, an outlier. Did it, she did it in like a I'm going to be hopeful kind well, of way. I, I think she's applying that and saying. But right, if we were talking about another issue and everybody gave their opinion, would would my opinion not be valid there too? It's like I yeah. think that's kind of what she was getting at. And it's they, just a stupid thing not to. Yeah, but this it is was not right that when situation. she sort of like flaunted her credentials for having a good opinion about this because this is like her jam, you know. She's the poll lady. Yeah. Yeah, she's an expert. She got a political science degree, maybe. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe we'll check on that later. <laughs> You call her Amy Poehler. <laughs> Save it for the headlines, Brayden. Okay. Too soon. Um, we'll do that again. The next scene is Josh and Joey and Mandy and Kenny. And um, Joey and Josh are what flirt arguing. I wrote down. <laughs> That's basically what they're doing. Can we call uh, it flarguing? They're flarguing <laughs> yeah. about English as the national language. Again, Josh has a Teddy Roosevelt quote that he has memorized. He said, we have room for but one language here, and that is the English language, for we intend to see that the crucible turns our people out as Americans and not as dwellers in a polyglot boarding house. And he's, like, desperate to say it. Yeah, he just wants to get it out. <laughs> Look, uh, if I had a Teddy Roosevelt quote, I would fucking say it all the time. Bully. I'd be like, excuse me, yeah, bully. That's all I got. Yeah. They're pretty good, though. Um, Mandy does not look particularly happy that 
her old flame Josh is sitting there flirting with somebody. Oh yeah, Mandy's in this episode. She's sitting there like rubbing her forehead, trying to listen to them. I thought that was really funny. Um, Josh says it's because it's pol- like she gets tense during polls, but I think she actually doesn't like Josh uh, flirting with somebody in front of her. Um, CJ comes in, tells Josh not to distract the female callers. Really? Come on. Really, West Wing? I thought we dropped this. (laughs) For real? Is this a joke? Are you joking? Are you joking at yourself? Because no one's buying it. It is a joke because then he says to the the female callers, like, guys, was I distracting you? And they're like, no. And he's like, not even a little bit of you? (laughs) But (laughs) CJ believes it. Josh says he's going to go run out for coffee yeah. to, for everybody, um, which is a very classy move. Love it when a boss gets coffee for everybody. Mm. Yes. Well, hold on. So if Josh is distracting female callers, it's not necessarily because the female callers are like, ooh, Josh. It could be because he's like harassing them. Yeah. Mm. Elise, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, right now, how wet are you for, <laughs> for Josh? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry to. Say, you're just. You're the only girl here, and I want to. Okay. All right. You're right, Eric. On a scale of one to ten, is right that, now, is that quantifiable on a how one to ten scale? Wet for yeah, bone dry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I think about Josh now, I think about like current Bradley Whitford, and I'm like, oh, and that's he's bad. Old now. Yeah, he got older. Yikes. Go back in time, Mr. Whitford. We'd love to have you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I saw him in person, I'd probably yeah. You know excited about that. I saw him in person once from far away. <gasps> really? Yeah. How was that? How was his dick look that? like? I didn't see that part. <laughs> <laughs> he was a, it was a Q&A after a movie and I was in the crowd so it was kind of far away. <laughs> so no dick. Okay. So wait, did you pose that question in the Q&A? <laughs> was, was your dick And if so, that? what was the answer? <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> um <laughs> The no, next scene is uh, Lori and her friend coming home after a long night of drinking, it looks like. Um, they are stumbling up the street. They're cackling. Um, they're they're really, really drunk. Um, Sam is in front of Janine's house, and he's like, oh, me and Janine planned this. Um, I don't know how that worked. Are Janine, they buddies? Janine knows where I, me and you are going to meet right now. Well, Janine. Uh, when he called Lori earlier, like, oh, he's not coming. Like, she knows who Sam is. So you is. think she called him and she's like, hey, I'm going to set this up because I'm working for money? No, that- he called her. He called Janine? He set this up with Janine. Yeah, he set it up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they know. They must have just met through, like, oh, we all went out to dinner or yeah. whatever. So just ran. You know, you meet friends. Also, he's he's used the, his White House resources to investigate everyone mm-hmm. that knows about him. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sam has some <laughs> gifts for Laurie. Um, it's a cute scene. He gives her a pen. It's a space pen. He gives her. Can we talk about space pens for one second, please? Okay, that so, used to be a thing that yeah. people bought. Remember, I could talk about them for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing where, like, the qualities of a pen that were like exceptional were Fisher. that you could Fisher space pen. You could write with it upside down. Sure. Yeah, and, and underwater. Write in space. How many times have you needed to write upside down with a pen? Once. It's so rare that I even write regular side down. With a pen. I think... Downside down? Regular side up. Well, for one, I I don't trust any of Jason's opinions on pens because he obviously doesn't care. He's voice that opinion. You're a computer guy. That's true. Though, what's funny about that is I hate writing writing with my hand, yet 
my job requires it often. Right. Um, I think the pen That's not upside down thing is... It's like funny. Though. Not like funny, funny. It's like funny. <laughs> <laughs> the pen upside down thing is so you can write in bed. Um, if you have a notepad, you can sit in bed and like... You but, know what I like wait, to do in bed? No, Sleep and fuck. Because I write in bed... <laughs> <laughs> You don't That's like to funny. keep a fuck journal? <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> I just got some sex. <laughs> if I were writing in bed, I would like oh, still hold the paper upright on my lap. Or just turn on your side like in a sexy kind of like fetal position and write that way. Like while crying? I guess like, a, like a sexy <laughs> fetus. Just like a sexy fetus. I guess what we're trying to say is pens properly cost like 50 cents. Don't buy an upside down pen. No, that's a fancy pen. Nobody needs that. that. Nobody wants that. Is it still fancy? Should we do a a poll? One, two, three, four. The thing. Nobody wants it. I'll do a poll. That pen was a fancy space pen canister, like the ink inside of a fancy body for a pen it was like silver or steel or something something nice how do you know to have a yeah. fake gift before he gave the real gift uh yeah she she thought she was going to get a briefcase um she was disappointed by the briefcase preemptively he gave her a pen she was disappointed by that and then she gave also, he gave her the briefcase gift horse in the mouth by the way this is a perfect example of negging <laughs> I'm not going to show up to your graduation. I got you the most obvious gift in the world. I got you a gift that's even worse than that obvious gift. Uh, I got you the obvious gift. Wow. Your friend uh, turns you in. She doesn't even like you. And I just want to say, as a practicing attorney... Did you get a briefcase? I didn't. Because no one loves me. No, no, no. Everyone wanted to get you a briefcase. And you were like, please do not get me a briefcase. Right, but here's the thing. Please give me cash. I want to say another thing about, as an attorney that has clients, here's what happens to any nice pen that you have. That client's going to take Stolen. that pen. That client is going to use it and take that pen. So don't what use your nice pens. You better have a cheap spinning bic. Yeah. It was a spinning Good advice. Bic. It's like a bic that's perfectly weighted for spinning around your fingers. At work, I use a red pen. And you lick it before you use it? No. People get offended by red pens, I find. I don't. I have a They're box of red pens. Well, good. Good for you. I use red pens a lot. To mark. I also use pink and purple. Hey, Eric, what kind of pen do you use? Hey, that's cool. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> he gives her the briefcase and the pen. They they exchange a hug and they're like look each other in the eyes, you know. And then we get like a shot through a viewfinder of a camera. It's got the little circle with the cross in the center and it snaps a couple times. Um so somebody's taking photographs of them and then the car starts up and speeds off. This guy <laughs> Like, so somebody's like just driven slowly away. He could have just sat there for thirty more seconds, yeah, and nobody would have ever known that he was yeah. there. And he could have rolled down the window and said, "I just took a picture of you," and then driven away. That's what his screeching said in like Morse code. Yeah, so he's yeah he squeals off uh, in his in his mid nineties sedan thing, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. Sam turns around. And is like, "Did you see anybody get into that car?" Um, Presumably, we find out later, he calls CJ immediately after that and said, I saw a car. There was a car. And CJ is like, "Uh, what does that mean? Yes. Also, having seen this before and knew it was going to happen, did you notice that when Janine walked into her... Apartment. On second watch, she makes a face. Yeah, because she's looking for that car. Because well, Lori says, you know, good night, thank you, and she's like, she shows a second of regret or guilt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, yeah. I also have a question about the '90s sedan. Like, 
How do you peel out in an automatic transmission? <laughs> you can. That's not really possible. Yeah, you can. I've you never can peeled screech. out. Personally, I I've guess never if you use a parking out. brake, mm. it seems unnecessary yeah. in this scenario. But you want people to know that you got yeah. your shot. This is clearly intentional. Yeah. Uh, so they go back to the White House. It's the next morning. Sam and Toby are wa- doing a walk and talk. Toby says, Sam, you fucked up. Um, then there's a Leo and CJ scene. And Leo says, Sam fucked up. You fucked up. Um, also, CJ, you fucked up by not telling me about it beforehand. And CJ is like, dude, I got this. I was handling it, Leo. It took me three hours to confirm there was a picture and another hour to find out who has it. Who has it? The London Daily Mirror. So it'll be in America in the next three to four weeks or something, she mm-hmm. says. It's, she says it's going to be a day. It's across the country. Well, that's, yeah. kind of, that's why that guy had to peel out. Mm-hmm. He can make it he all the way to England. It's a long <laughs> drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that they, it's, it's already out in the English papers, apparently, but they have 24 hours to, to get, get, a, get ahead of it for the U.S. press. Um, Does that mean we have to wait for our headlines till next time? <laughs> but do you know how long it takes to send a high quality photograph over a fourteen point four baud modem? Oh my god! No. There's a scene after that where it's in the Oval Office. It's Sam and Toby and the President. Um, Toby is trying to stick. He's sticking up for Sam. He's explaining the situation, explaining how Sam did everything right in this. Um, the President asks some kind of uh, you know getting the facts type questions. He asks what her name is, I think, or they say, he says this girl, and then Toby and Sam both say Lori. Yeah, it's like that Toby corrected. It's like a little moment where yeah. it's like Toby's nice now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get our definitive how long has this show been taking place over a moment oh, where he did. says he's been completely upfront with us since uh, he met her nine months ago, uh-huh. and he met her in the first episode. Yes. So it's... This has show has been taking place over nine months. And this is probably real time for how a season of television would be broadcast. That sounds right? about right, yeah. All right, um, maybe a little longer, but not, not a whole lot different. I feel like they have referred, though, to their first year having gone by. Well, the, the show started into the administration. Yeah, like oh, six months in. Right, yes. So the president listens to everything. He says, you need to sit down with counsel just to make sure that you didn't do anything illegal. Um, but otherwise, the president's amazingly cool about it. It's nice when we can do something for prostitutes once in a while, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, I love that line. I agree. I try to do that <laughs> as often. Give them your gift. As I can. <laughs> <laughs> it is like a big deal that he says he's going to make sure she passes the bar. No, no, no. He no, said if, if she, she passes, passes the no, 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 bar. No, 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 I'll no, make sure no, she no. gets certified or whatever. Yeah, like the test part is... is Hard, she admitted. But then, right, but passing the character and fitness part of the bar is like where people can get stuck on oh, stuff in their past. Yeah, she's she a real prostitute. Fit. She right. would she get stuck. Fit. Yeah, any prior convictions or anything can really be a problem. Oh, she would get stuck. That's funny. I didn't mean for that to be. <laughs> so Charlie comes in. He says uh, Ken Cochran is next door. And then the president does this weird like meeting shuffle where he brings in this CEO guy. He says, I want you to do a favor for me. You got to hire my buddy, Ken Cochran. That's corruption, right? Um, the president saying, you ha- I want you to hire a former... I mean, if there's no quid pro quo, I guess there isn't. But 
there ass- assume that there is. Well, I guess. they also seem to be very close, like family friends. Th- but this is yeah. also what this whole episode is kind of showing the corruption of the ambassador program, and it's also showing that oftentimes people you put on the boards of directors of your company are are also kind of like favors for people and kind of political and based on connections and stuff like that. Yeah, that's why you hire them yeah. most of the time. Because outside directors just really don't do a whole lot and just sit there and make money. This guy's going to put Ken Cochran on the board of his company um, as a replacement job for being the ambassador to Denmark. Um, the president goes into the Ken Cochran meeting, um, but on the way there, um, he has a quick uh, little interaction with Nancy, his uh, his blonde secretary lady. Mm-hmm. And um, we've gotten a couple pieces of feedback about this because I, I asked about her last time. Um, listener uh, Darren had wrote to our uh, Twitter and said that it's actually that's Martin Sheen's daughter. Oh. Oh. And I think Susie had mentioned that before, too. Yes. Listener uh, Susie? Listener Listener Susie. (laughs) She's a really Uh, good listener. uh, This is so hard. I think that's kind of awesome that uh, that's uh, Charlie Sheen's sisters on the show. (laughs) Wow, that's corruption. (laughs) But I I also want to say that, like, every time I see her name and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's got to be Martin Sheen's daughter, I never have remembered seeing her in any of the episodes. She's like the most invisible person. She comes in and gets a paper signed. Yeah, and it gets crazy. I've never noticed her before. President goes into this Ken Cocker meeting. Uh, he tells him to quit, uh, but I have another job lined up for you. And he confronts him about the affair. I like that he doesn't dance around that. He takes the time to school him morally. He's a little just bit. like, "You did it. I don't like it." And he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm friends with your wife, so I don't want to make this a whole scene, but you know, stop doing that." The president is a boss during this whole the whole episode. The whole yeah. Thing. yeah, he nails it. Yeah, true. So He's and then shit done. for some reason the president leaves halfway through this meeting to go do something. He's got other shit. To <laughs> Just do. long enough for uh, this little Charlie scene to happen because um, Charlie was in the room the whole time and the guy uh, seems embarrassed. This is outrageous, and I'll explain that to him when he comes back in here. And then Charlie's like, "Okay, uh, whatever, guy, <laughs> you do you." And then the guy recognizes Charlie, so the president's little intuition thing about Charlie knowing the guy seemed pretty spot on. This whole scene, Charlie's just responding to him and saying, yes, sir, like over and over. But I've never heard yes, sir, like say so much without saying anything Yeah, at all. he does great in this yeah. scene. Um, he knows him from the the Gramercy Club what where Charlie was a waiter. It's made up. No, but like he was like, why would you join that club in the first place? You well, dick? it's I mean, <laughs> the implication is a, it's a whites only club. Uh, it's like male only, I'm sure. And Charlie's no Jews. Charlie's a feminist. Well, but they they had they shown they showed these guys before. Was it bad? I don't remember. They did. They didn't show these guys before. They've shown. There was that other scene Charlie where the guy, and this guy. Used to the guy, no, for someone. I think that must have been at the same club or something. Charlie says he was a waiter at this place. Yeah. There was a scene where they talked about it. It was a very similar scene. Okay. It was like a guy getting awkward around Charlie yeah. because he knew Charlie from before. And are we just supposed to get the sense that Charlie has had a lot of jobs before this? Job? Well, I feel like that might be a job where like they hire you and they're like. Oh, there's a big group. Go be a caddy. Uh, there's a big dinner. You're uh, you're a waiter now. Like put this on. Um, but there there's all this um intrigue around their history that I did not, I could not piece together a story okay, that so made it wasn't any just sense. me. No, no, they yeah, no. they don't explain it at all. Okay. It's just I resigned my membership in that club. By the way, did you? Oh yeah, I find exclusive clubs to be repugnant. 
I couldn't help but notice it didn't stop you from joining up in the first place. Now that's out of line. Then the president comes back in and the guy says that Charlie must have been framing me. <laughs> um, what has he been saying about me? Uh, the president uh, likes that his theory about Charlie knowing the guy is vindicated. You two have a past, sir. You mocked my finely honed sense. And then kicks the guy out of the White House. And the, But the guy on his way out says, I didn't even vote for you. Boom. I got the last laugh. Yeah, I... Not really the last lap, though. It seems the, like those... the president's like, yeah, I don't care. Go. Yeah. Well, he's like, a lot of people. I'm the go. president anyway, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. I did it. Um, but yeah, Charlie and that guy, there must have been an incident the way that they're they're awkward with each other. It's not as yeah. simple as. It is as... kind of cool, though, that I kind of like I want to know more, but I also think that whatever they needed to imply with that scene was implied by whatever they said. Yeah. Something went down. Yeah racist related but why is i mean the president's like looking out for this guy still i think the president should cut him loose he's yeah looking out for his he wife. has to avoid the scandal yeah but you want your friend married to a white supremacist <laughs> i assume that's, that's what this true. guy is yeah after that the president has another meeting in the roosevelt room it's uh with oh, it's with president the Sen- big lebowski senator big lebowski <laughs> 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 they throws some uh, insults at each other. He basically gives the um, hippie speech from Big Lebowski at him. <laughs> you name it, we disagree. You know why? Because I'm a lily-livered, bleeding-heart, liberal, egghead communist. Yes, sir. And I'm a gun-toting, redneck son of a bitch. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the bum's lost. Yeah. Um, so they are opposing parties this guy's a republican and they, <laughs> they they disagree on everything but they do agree on campaign finance reform and he says can we work together on stricter soft money stuff the guy says how are we going to do that you don't have enough uh, votes or commissioners and it turns out toby's got a plan and it's to give one of the current fec commissioners an ambassadorship to uh, in Micronesia. United States of Micronesia. <laughs> Wait, United Nations of Micronesia? Feder- Federated States. Fe- Federated States of Micronesia. Long, the first part really in there. Long con. You can yeah, just call I, it Micronesia. Yeah, so the, the thing they set up and uh, one of the first scenes of the episode comes back. Um, I thought that was a very good reveal. I thought they did that really well. Um, but is Ambassador to Federated States of Micronesia a step up from being on the FEC? Um, they have diplomatic immunity. Yeah, there's probably a lot more depends. pussy in the gig. It depends because a lot of these. I heard the daughter of the prime minister's going. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Denmark though. That's Denmark. Oh, uh, okay. But okay, so if oh, you're that was Denmark, yeah. yeah, that's why they had to do like the Heck musical yeah. chairs thing. Oh. So if you're the commissioner of the FEC, I I feel like you're out. Your revolving door is to go work for a law firm that does lobbying or works for a corporate, you know, interest or whatever, right? Because you you did your part, you you blocked any attempts at reforming our bribery system, yeah, and uh, now you get your just rewards, right? So on the one hand, you know that I don't know if that cushy private sector job in D.C. is going to be worse or better than Micronesia, but if you feel like the guy is, you know, doesn't really want to do any work for a living, 
and just wants to have a cushy job in a beautiful It's a nice country. title. Right. So it's kind of like a toss up either way. Yeah. You probably make less money, but you have like a sweet life in But on you're like chewing on betel nuts and shit. Right. Do the ambassadors generally stay there? Yes. Yeah, because you need to be receiving cable. But I'm sure you cables. get to spend a bunch of time on vacation sure. doing whatever you want. Yeah, so that's the end of that little plot line. But I, um, I did want to point out in the scene with the Big Lebowski that um, I love the way it wraps up where he asks like the trap question like, Can I count on your support to confirm my candidates? And what do I get in exchange? The thanks of a grateful president. Good answer, sir. After we're going to reform the corrupting influence of money in our political system, what will you bribe me with? And he's like, nothing. And the guy's like, excellent. Perfect. <laughs> Which is <laughs> nice. That's like a nice it's way sweet. of doing yeah. it. It's a really clever way to The to thanks of a grateful president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a good scene. Very heartwarming. Also, Go. the big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the... The next title card, it's, you know, helicopter shot of the White House, and it says, polling complete. And so it's been, <laughs> it's been 48 hours. We done. There's a quick scene of Josh and CJ in CJ's office. They're waiting on the courier to come over with the results. Josh is still trying to talk her out of expecting a bump on the polling numbers. And she's like, I do expect them. But she uh, apparently confided in Joey Lucas um, slash Kenny that she's feeling unsure about her position in the white house and josh says he thinks he'd like a daughter <laughs> and she says that's not a good enough reason to keep me um which is probably a good point because spoiler alert jed has three other daughters that he's never mentioned wow i did not even know that yeah well so, two two other daughters he hasn't mentioned no, he has four really no he's three three okay yeah so he's two other daughters that he's never mentioned um what so he apparently doesn't think too much about them <laughs> Yeah, he has enough daughters at this point. Yeah. He is a father of daughters. <laughs> They're just waiting on the the polls, and Josh is comforting CJ a little bit. They really care about this poll a lot. There's it's, like it's, a million Sam, polls. Sam, Sam calls it their report card. Yeah. This is the one they put out with their questions. Yeah, and they, yeah the internal poll. But it's a big sample size, too, do, I guess. Do they care that much? I feel like yeah. they, nowadays they'd be doing them every couple weeks, though. It's well, not, the, the this reason, sounds like a quarterly to... The reason they care the is, is other people do these polls, these approval polls, and then they skew them as negatively as they can and then use them against people. So this is your internal poll that's supposed to offset the negative swing that the other poll shows. And I also think like they just sort of had a change of gears where they are moving in direction of doing things that they want to do instead of just trying to appease people. So it's like, are we are we doing a good job? Like... You know, or do people think we're going doing a good job? How do people like Bartlett being Bartlett as opposed to Bartlett not being Bartlett? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess we find out that uh, in the scene with Josh and CJ that CJ has been in charge of all the strategy over the past three weeks or so, which is mapping to the let Bartlett be Bartlett era. Mm-hmm. So they go to the Oval Office and everybody's waiting on the polls. They're all killing time with like random conversations and wrapping up plot lines. Doesn't it look like it's like a big slumber party in the Oval Office? Yeah, they're bringing in hot cocoa. The slumber parties are fun and they're all like boohoo. But it looks like they're preparing for yeah. one. And I just thought I'd really like to be at a slumber party in the Oval Can Office. Can we do a, a presidential slumber party, guys? Yes. You'll call the president. I'll, I'll go. 
Oh, we can watch all presidential movies. We're not movies. just going to do our own presidential party. No, no, no. We're going to. You gonna... call up uh, Obama. Obama. Yeah. Okay. And Michelle. I feel and like. And Malia and Sasha. The, yeah, I mean, the whole And Biden. Family. I want Joe to Biden be there. Biden has to be there. I want Joe to be there. Yeah. There's, what, three little conversations that happen here. Um, the guy accepted the ambassadorship. Um, he's excited that he's going to go scuba diving. Josh and Joey argue about English as the national language a little bit more. Joey keeps blowing raspberries at him in response to his like what? somewhat argument. Another, like, another making that joke. sound on someone's stomach. Like she, no, she just does it with her lips. She goes, yeah, she does oh. that to him. On the stomach, it's called a a a a filbert, a florbert. <laughs> A Hold on. When you make the blurb sound on a on a you, loved your mom one's told you that? belly, it's called a flurbert. It's called a flurbert. No, the raspberries when you just do it in your mouth without any uh, tongue to skin contact. Uh, well, she's got a couple pieces of feedback. Uh, hey, uh, listeners, you tell us what do you call the uh, lip to belly sound? You can't just use I think our... it's called a flurbert. A flurbert. <laughs> Okay. I can just use our. I can. <laughs> can just use our listeners yeah. for this. Yeah. Frivolous poll. Yeah. Please write in to let us know. What do you call the belly sound? <laughs> <laughs> so Joey's response to this thing, they're not going to bring up the issue because Hispanics are against it by massive margins and they don't want to alienate um, a large voting block. And Oh, wow. Let me tell you about something called Trump. <laughs> you bring it up i'm yeah. surprised he hasn't actually brought up english as a national language yeah. it seems reasonable he's for him. softening i feel like that goes without saying like he doesn't have to bring yeah. it up you just can assume that's like a thing he's about so that's the uh that what she's been arguing all episode is that they're not even going to bring it up because it's such a political loser that they can read the polls as well as anybody else can but also she has a a rhetorical response to about we don't really need to protect the language of Shakespeare or whatever. And then she uh, blows another raspberry at the end. Yeah, but guess what? Nobody understands Shakespeare. The language of Shakespeare is not the language that we speak. That's true. Just to be clear. We don't speak the Queen's English. No, but that's the implication is like, what, are you weak? Like, English is so weak it needs to be protected by law. Why can't English, like, compete by being the most awesome language that everyone wants to speak it? That's like an interesting appeal to the ego of the conservative point of view that would want english as a national language it's clever do you understand shakespeare jason do you what's what's shakespeare <laughs> is I, that like a, they're making a movie out of that when it's performed it's understandable it's hard when to it's read performed oh yeah. it's like that gwyneth paltrow movie yes yeah yeah the, or the leonardo dicaprio claire dean's movie <laughs> there have uh, been quite a few movies. and then the the third little <laughs> conversation in that scene is about the briefcase that Sam gave Lori mm-hmm. and the president throws out a few uh It's a coach bag. He Was knows it? his lady's briefcase. He gave her a coach briefcase. Coach Beekman. Yeah, the Beekman style. Oh, coach. that's what that means. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he throws out a couple Italian brands. Want a shout out? You want to do a, a shout out no, right now? Okay. No one needs to know that. Okay. <laughs> For an episode about ending corruption in government, there's a lot of product placement. And Dara makes a nice model. Comes in black or brown, hand stained. Wow. And then CJ comes in with the poll results. She says, I don't have the full results because the, they're 400 pages long. <laughs> so 1,500 responses makes up a 400 page. That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, it seems wrong. 
I don't Unless think they print like, every individual answer. I, I think they can't possibly do that. Like, but. I think they could get that on maybe 10 pages. Right, because what do they ask? 15 questions? Yeah. And you have, like, the cross tabs. Like, I, I've read, you know, polling results that's published. I mean, maybe an internal one, you get more, uh, slightly more data. But even, like, a pretty big national poll is, like, maybe 10 pages. Yeah. With all the demographic breakdowns and stuff. Um, and I thought this that was just ridiculous. But... She has the top line data, which is the what job approval number is the one they're all worried about. Yeah. And she's she sets them up. I was wrong. And then she knocks them down by saying we went up nine points. I was wrong in the wrong way. And <laughs> it's actually way. good um, that we're we're plus nine, not plus five, not minus two, but plus nine. Do we but know what they're at? She doesn't the give... Nine? That'd be 51. They were at 42 before. But she That's like give, what Obama said. She right doesn't now. mention that there's a 10% margin of error. Wow. Is there? No. <laughs> I, they don't say what the margin of error they is, don't. though, right? You just go by the numbers, though. <laughs> Nobody can worry about margins of error. It's uh, less dramatic that way, Jason. Yeah. So, yeah. They're, so they're at 51% approval right now, which is decent, but not amazing. But, you know, out of the woods territory, Pretty certainly. Good, it's re-election territory. Yeah. And then the president says, what's next? And that's the end of the episode. And then they all huddle and then have a cute slumber party and popcorn. Yeah. And that's actually the credit yeah. shot, too, is all of them huddled yeah. around in the, the Oval Office. Which is a really good one. Yeah. But, they keep doing that, though. Every time there's an Oval Office meeting, they use it. I think they just like that set a lot. It's but nice. I like how there's like a uh, the story or the theme of this is statistics are the most insidious of lies and yay! then at the end they're like yay statistics <laughs> statistics validated us we love all the statistics okay so headlines okay i have some i got three of them wait so hold on let's just run down real quick ken what's his name cochran cochran was the ambassador of denmark yes and they were going to make him the ambassador of Micronesia. no they would just wanted to Get they wanted to free up a slot, and they knew they could fire him. Got it. So they had to move somebody into his slot, and they ended up moving the guy from Micronesia to Denmark so that they could open up Micronesia for the FEC guy. Okay, so that changes like a couple of my headlines, but that's okay. But I, I can start, because I think we all have, probably have a lot of Ken Cochran. No, I don't have any. No. Okay, well, I do. Ken Cochran, ambassador. Like Oh, ambassador. I didn't do that one. Ambassador. A A M B dash A S S like an aceter. Ken Ken Cochrane. <laughs> that was my next one. <laughs> I have the, those words written on my paper. Cochrane. Wow. I just came up with what it. a yeah. cock ring block. It was the next step. Ken Cock. That was actually the very first headline I came up with, and I was like, I can't lead with that. It's You're in the much. right place. Yeah. Um. And then does anyone else have any Ken Cochrane ones? I have one related to that. Um. Revolving ambassador. No, I don't. Anyone else? All of mine are lawyer related. Okay, then um, I have one about Sam. Yeah, I have a Sam one. I have Sam Seab Whore. Oh, Sam Sam Seas Whore. Wow, I had Sam (laughs) C Word. I had had Seaborn Seen Horn. So we're all on the same, yeah. uh, all on the same page there, yeah. guys. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I also went with uh, Sam Bags Call Girl, <laughs> oh, and then because and then I explained it. White House comms big buys leather gift for prostitute. <laughs> um, I had one 
for um, Senator Lebowski and the president. Bi- <laughs> bipartisan curious. <laughs> bipartisan <laughs> curious. I like that. Um, I have one about the poll results. It's this is not that funny, mm-hmm. but okay. it's kind of clever. Don't yeah. don't start with, we don't, with that part. Don't Bartlett has nine lives. Oh, I was I said mm. on cloud nine. Oh, that's oh wow, good. on See? cloud nine, big boost for Prez. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> don't I, raise your eyebrows. At I, me. I got one on that. <laughs> Post slump poll bump has poll pumped. Whoa! <laughs> nice poll and poll. <laughs> One L versus two. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called a homophone. So, so circling back to to my Lori ones. Yeah. Uh, White House escort comes to order. Ooh. <laughs> comes to oh. order. Oh. But also, court comes to order. Right. Yeah. You see what I did there? There's um, layers. I had one. I called it Lorid. Ooh. Lorid. 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 Like it's. It's like a pun. As soon as you <laughs> tried to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Money shot. POTUS prostitute caught on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I had one I called Micro Machine. Prez like a computer when it comes to island nation chain. Georgetown Lograt exploits her lucrative niche slash practice area. <laughs> I had one called in quotes now, guys, in single quotes, call girl. Sex gal lets phone ring five times <laughs> in the library. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, no one else is studying. So many oh, times. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Um, that's all my headlines. I don't, know if you, <laughs> I don't I think we could top that last one. That's so good. <laughs> that's that's so good. Okay, final thoughts. I'm I think this is the best. I'm way. going best wing. Yeah, this yeah. is a really delightful oh, yeah. episode. I don't care about polling, and I think it's stupid. But I cared about polling in this episode for just one hour. Yeah, for one hour of my life, I gave <laughs> a little bit of a fuck about polling. I like how they explained the mechanics of how a poll works too, and the like language was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a show about ideas. I think that's really interesting. Like, there's not a lot of shows that I could think of like this on today. It's really wonky. It's really in the weeds. It's for geeks. Like, I don't know if this show could be made today. It's too smart. Like, all these references are way over people's heads. That's why there's like six podcasts about it. (laughs) But there's only one worth listening to. Only one. Well, there's, there's only two things going on, really, right? It's like, there's... You caring about the characters, and then there's like the ideas. But there's all these ideas, man. Yeah. And it's you can, mostly ideas. It is, but you could also not care as much about the ideas and still enjoy it because of the characters. And then, really, only I think later on in the show do you get into sort of long term story arcs that drive the show as much, if not more so, than those two other elements. But in the beginning, it's really just those two things. But you know what's so interesting? Every every week, I think there's something on the show where I would think if this show was was made now, it would be not the same at all. Because, no. for instance, Sam and Lori's relationship would, would have been much more exploited now. There'd be so much more sex. There would be, yeah. You couldn't have just like a, a hint of some sort of relationship between them, and you don't really know what it is. It, there would be a full storyline today about their relationship 
and it would be there super would be hot. full frontal Martin Sheen. Oh gosh, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> I thought the Micronesia thing was a very clever Sorkin-y thing because mm-hmm. they like don't throw it in your face, but they set up this like kind of abstract thing that they don't explain, and then it's the payoff at the end of this like long thing that they. I don't know. I thought that was extremely well done. Um, the Lori scene was a little goofy. If that guy hadn't drove off like that, that would have been a much more convincing scene. If they would have just found it on the internet the next morning or something. Yeah, and that wasn't even necessary. But whatever. Yeah. This plot. This is plot. I thought it would have been more dramatic to have him like find it. Yeah. Or like have CJ like come in furious the next day with the photos or something. Um, but in general, uh, all around good. The Charlie scene, he was great in that scene. He's got a PDA at one point. He's Charlie's using does? a stylus. Hmm. Like a treo type? Yeah, like a palm pilot. <laughs> I thought you meant a public display of affection. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not so, in the White House. I, okay, this episode's great. It's one of the best episodes in the season. But at the same time, do you think it fulfills the promise of Let Bartlett Be Bartlett? Because certainly last week's episode was kind of a letdown after that big buildup. This one feels more satisfying, but what exactly did the Bartlett administration do publicly that would earn them a 9% bump? Just well, mandatory are minimums. for this FEC change. But that's not public yet. Right. So it's just mandatory minimums, yeah. and Wait, that's it. His, oh, but his choices to the no, FEC... Well, well, I do he think the poll... He did, but is is the American public being polled here? Going, well, I think oh, the, yeah, poll, he, he the did... poll boost is a little contrived. Yes. That's... Okay, They fine. haven't done it. Nine, nine points is a ton. Yes. Like, no... Pre- I mean, that's that's just that's just a plot point. No, no presidential administration jumps that much without some Doing sort stuff, of yeah. huge news or external event. That's, yeah. that's just weird, but that's fine. Yes. So I'm saying, like, this... They're still not, they still haven't figured out how to write Let Bartley Be Bartlett in a convincing way, I think. But this is just such a charming and satisfying episode, and you're like, it's fine. Still great. There's still, I think you get the sense that they're digging themselves out of whatever hole they were in that was not letting them be Bartlett before, and we're like slowly getting there. And this is just like the little tip of the hat that's like, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I guess the only bit they showed, like you said, was the drug thing with CJ's press conference, but she was like owning that press conference right. mm-hmm. and they're, had very they're convincing not, answers They're not for that. on the defense anymore. And probably as Josh gets out there more, he's winning more and more female voters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> white suburban women. Mm-hmm. But I loved mm-hmm. his his comeback when uh, when I think it was Mandy said that they were acting like a married couple. And he's like, many have tried. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's almost hard to believe you're not married. <laughs> oh, Many have tried. <laughs> yeah, he totally overacts that one. Yeah. Yeah, so good good stuff all around. One of the better episodes in a while. Yeah, but no one's buying it, Josh. <laughs> uh, all right. I got, I'm, but I got please come on our television program. I mean, our, our radio program. I mean, our if, podcast program. If we could have one person on here, who would you want it to be? Oh. Whichever one would agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First. I didn't really. Nancy Sheen. <laughs> this is going out to you. Yeah.